We're reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. As I typically say, when I have this opportunity to, to speak to you virtually, I wish we were there in person, uh, that we could see you and, and greet you and talk to you. But uh, since we can't, uh, this is the next best thing. And uh, I also want, to, on behalf of Kim and I, to thank you for your prayers uh, as we uh, battled COVID. Uh, your prayers were answered. Our symptoms were fairly mild, and uh, we uh, were doing very well. So we thank you so much for thinking of us and praying for us and the cards you sent to us uh, truly touched, touched our hearts. So thank you. I don't know how many of you follow college sports, but as some of you know, I do. Uh, it's kind of a hobby of mine. I've loved sports since I was a very young boy and I, I like to live vicariously through my favorite teams. And as many of you know, uh, my favorite college team is Ohio State. I graduated from Ohio State in 1976. I went to Ohio State not because they had a really good architecture program, but because they had a really good football team. And I also like to follow college football recruiting. Uh, one of the ways, as probably many, some of you know, Ohio State and other schools recruit high school athletes is by bringing them to campus and having them spend the weekend with other recruits as well as current and former players and coaches. They tour the facilities, they talk with the coaches to see what the university has to offer and also to see what Columbus has to offer. But, but typically what sells the program the most are the relationships that recruits build with other recruits, current players and coaches. And that often makes the difference for a recruit. The players often talk about the brotherhood and, and it's evident. I, I spend probably more time than I should on Twitter and, and during football season as I'm browsing Twitter, I often come across a picture of two or more Ohio State football players who play for different pro teams posing for a picture together on the field after the game and commenting about the brotherhood. You know, in some ways, the church is similar. One of the church's goals is to bring in new people. You know, we want persons and families to come to know and commit their lives to Jesus and to become members of his body, of, of the church. God is obviously the primary reason people seek out a church, but in my humble opinion, the main reason people commit to a particular church 
is due to the relationships they build when they meet God's people. So as it is in recruiting, it's also that way in the church. It's about the brotherhood. In this series titled, We Can't Help It, Witnessing the Truth, we are introduced to the first church located in Jerusalem, as described in Acts 2, beginning in verse 42, and how it just exploded in growth. Every day, according to verse 47, people were being added to the church. And my question this morning is, why isn't the church growing like that today? Why isn't Spring Road growing like that? Why isn't Heartland, where Kim and I attend, growing like that? Most churches are not growing like that church in Jerusalem did. There may be a few, but I'm guessing not very many. Why? Why can't the Spring Road Church become like that first Jerusalem church? Why can't the Lord's Church at Spring Road be adding people every day? Now, you know, I understand we're in a pandemic, and this pandemic has caused a decrease in church attendance, but I don't believe that fewer people are seeking God. I really believe more people are seeking God maybe than ever before. Don't forget, the reason the church grew in the first century was because of persecution, which you would think would cause the church to die but it actually had the opposite effect. The church grew by leaps and bounds during that time. So can the church today become like the Jerusalem church and what would it take to make that happen? In Acts chapter four, verse 21, it indicates that all the people were praising God. And then it reads, for what had happened, so what happened that caused all the people to praise God? Now, all in that context, the word all doesn't mean every person in Jerusalem. All means all those who were aware of what happened. So let's examine what happened for a moment. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, Peter and John were going up to the temple to pray around 3 in the afternoon. And there was a man who had been lame from birth sitting at the, the temple gates begging for money. And when he saw Peter and John, as they approached, he asked them for money. And, and, and Peter just said, we don't have any money, but what we have, we'll give you. And Peter said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. And Peter then took him by the hand, helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. He continued walking and jumping as, they, as he, they went with Peter and John into the temple courts near Solomon's colonnade. And of course, all of the people saw this man, knew who he was, and were awestruck as to what had happened to him. So Peter took that opportunity to preach about Jesus, explaining that Jesus was the, was the one who healed this lame man. He said, but you rejected him. In chapter 4, the religious leaders didn't like what Peter and John were preaching, so they arrested Peter and John. The next day, 
They questioned Peter and John, wanting to know by what power and by what name that this man was healed. And so Peter and John courageously told them that Jesus healed this man. He was the same man whom the leaders had crucified and who God had raised from the dead. The religious leaders, you know, they, they couldn't deny that the man was healed. So that's why in verse 21 of chapter 4 it reads, And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For, quote, all were praising God for what had happened. So the what had happened was the healing of this lame man by the power of Jesus through Peter and John. Now, <clears throat> Even though I'm in Kansas City, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself that Spring Road doesn't have a Peter and John or any apostles today who can perform these miraculous signs and wonders. And that's true. However, it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is not working at Spring Road. Every Christian has the gift of the Holy Spirit. And according to Romans 8, Verse 11, it is the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So the Spirit that's in you has enough power to literally raise people from the dead. In other words, the ceiling as to what you can do through the Holy Spirit is extremely high. And, and you only have to have faith as small as a mustard seed. You know, Jesus told the apostles in Matthew 17, verse 20, they could move mountains if they just had the faith the size of a mustard seed. Therefore, it obviously doesn't take a lot of faith to move mountains. One of the reasons the church in Jerusalem exploded in growth was the fact that the atmosphere of the church was, uh, let's just say, very infectious. People were drawn to the church, not just because of signs and wonders, but because of how the Christians in that church were practicing their faith. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, uh, that was read for us a moment ago, you get a snapshot of that first church that began in Jerusalem. And when I study that text, it does not appear to me that the signs and wonders were the main cause of growth in that Jerusalem church. When you read those verses in Acts 2, you discover that only one verse mentions wonders and signs being done through the apostles. Verse 42 and 43 read in the ESV, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Now, if you're reading the New International Version Bible, you'll see a slightly different translation of verse 43. The NIV reads, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. The words at the are not in the original Greek. And it leads you to think that the awe that came over the people was due to the wonders and signs that they were performing. But, but that's not how verse 43 reads in the original Greek. 
The English Standard Version translates verse 43 more accurately. It reads, and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So the awe or the fear of God wasn't due just to the wonders and signs. It was also due to the holy lives the Christians were living. Concerning verse 43, one commentator wrote, No less marvelous than the gift of tongues or the eloquence of Peter or the conversion of a multitude was the conduct of those who accepted Christ as their Savior. Many persons seem to suppose that Pentecostal power, meaning the power of the gospel, is attested by striking gifts or ability in public speech. Its best proof is found in the daily life of the believer. And I couldn't agree more. These first believers in Jerusalem were going to the temple every day for prayer. They were also meeting in their homes together to worship. They were devoted to hearing and learning the word of God. In most churches today, uh, of which I'm familiar anyway, Bible class attendance is just a fraction of worship attendance. And speaking of worship, even that has diminished in the time that I have served as a minister. Most churches don't worship on Sunday night anymore. You know, I'm not suggesting we have to. I'm just saying there doesn't seem to be a desire for it anymore. These new believers also understood the importance of prayer. It indicates they were devoted to prayer. They often prayed three times a day. They also were selling their possessions and distributing the proceeds to the poor or anyone who was in need. So they were personally sacrificing to help their brothers and sisters and others who were less fortunate, who were in need. Further down in the second half of Acts, chapter 4, verse 32, it indicates that no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And then verse 34 and 35 says, there was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. These first Christians, they didn't care about being rich in wealth. They cared about being rich in faith. Again in Acts 4, verse 32, it reads, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. I mean, if there is a better example of unity than that, I, I don't know what it would be. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone was perfect, because in the very next chapter of Acts, chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira were a little greedy and were caught lying to the Holy Spirit. But this first church in Jerusalem was on fire for Jesus. Their faith was so genuine and so infectious that the people were drawn to it. That's why so many of the people in Jerusalem wanted to be part of this group. They wanted what they had. That's why all the people were praising God. And I believe 
that you, Spring Road, has the potential to be a Jerusalem church. In fact, I believe Spring Road's already a lot like the Jerusalem church. You have a special bond with one another that not many churches have, at least from our experience, my experience. Kim and I know that firsthand. It's called fellowship. The definition of fellowship is close relationship. You do a lot of benevolent work in Westerville. Many of you sacrifice your time to serve and teach and coordinate activities. Many of you have the gift of encouragement because Kim and I were recipients of that encouragement. Is Spring Road perfect? Of course not. There are no perfect churches. There never has been a perfect church. Even that Jerusalem church had its Ananiases and Sapphiras, but they loved one another. They helped and sacrificed for one another as well as their community, and they loved meeting together and being together. You know, obviously the Western culture is much different than the Eastern culture. Western culture is much more individualistic, but that doesn't mean that Spring Road cannot become a Jerusalem church. It's about love. Love for God and love for one another and showing your love through your service and support for one another, your neighbor and your community. It's also about fellowship, meaning having that close relationship. When someone comes to the Lord for the first time, we don't want them to feel like a Buckeye fan walking into Michigan Stadium. You know, we want them to feel like they came home. Make it your mission to welcome them and help them feel the love that you showed to us. Follow up with them. Show them you care. Show them the love of Jesus. Remember what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, concerning love. He wrote, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Did you get that? Love is greater than faith. Spring Road, I believe, can be a Jerusalem church that's devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and a prayer, distributing gifts and belongings as any have need, praising God and get, having favor with all the people and the Lord adding to your number day by day those who are being saved. I think I might have mentioned this in Bible class on through Zoom or maybe it was in the Lisbon small group, I don't remember, but Kim and I, we served the Heartland Church of Christ for nine years prior to coming to Spring Road. We decided to return to that church, but we did not have near the relationship with them that we developed with you in just half the time. Spring Road possesses the greatest, most important news that has ever been heard. It's the news that every single person needs to hear. It is the church, you and me, that not only needs to proclaim it, but needs to live it. You need to show people what it means to love one another just like you love us. 
And as you do that, people will want to be part of that. People will be in awe of that. The Spring Road Church remembers not just the building. It's not just a location. The Spring Road Church, Spring Road Church is you. In Charles Swindoll's ultimate book of illustrations is a, is a writing by Lloyd Corey concerning a church. Lloyd wrote, the ministry of the church is a ministry of people. When a church lives, it lives because the people within are vital and active. When a church dies, it withers and dies, not because the brick and mortar and carpet and pews get old and begin to crack and rip and crumble. A church withers and dies because the people wither and die. A vivid illustration of this comes from a true story of a young minister in Oklahoma who went to this little long-standing church in the hope of, of really reviving the ministry of that church. And he kind of had stars in his eyes and he had great hopes for the future and he, he thought he could turn it around. And he gave it his best effort and his best shot week after week, unfortunately, to no avail. And so finally he had this one last idea and it seemed to work. He announced in the local newspaper on a Saturday that the church had died and on Sunday afternoon, there would be a funeral service at the church itself. And all who wished could attend the funeral service. So for the first time in his years there, the place was packed. In fact, people were standing outside on tiptoes, looking through the window to see the most unusual funeral service for a church. And to their shock, because most of them got their 20 or 30 minutes early to get their seat, there was a casket down front, and it was smothered with flowers. And he told the people as soon as the eulogy was finished, they could pass by and view the remains of the dearly beloved that they were putting to rest that day. Well, of course, they could hardly wait until he finished the eulogy. He slowly opened the casket, pushed the flowers aside, and people walked by one by one to look in and leave sheepishly, feeling guilty as they walked out the door because inside the casket, he had placed a large mirror. And as they walked by, they saw the church that had died. I believe Spring Road has Jerusalem church potential but it depends on you, the members. Today, if you wish to be part of the church, I encourage you, if you have not already done so, to confess your faith in Jesus, to die to sin and baptism, so that you might be raised to walk a new life. And when you do that, the Lord will add you to his body, the church, and then go tell your friends, what the Lord has done for you. If you're already a Christian, which I assume most of you are there, rededicate yourself to the love and service of others. Help make the church like the Jerusalem church, a place where other people want to be. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace.